Anne by Lechmere Worrell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cast List Anne Annings, read by Emma Hatton. Edward Hargraves, read by Campbell Shelp. Billy Lloyd, read by Eddie Elfman. Evangeline, read by The Story Girl mrs hargraves read by anita sloma martinez the very reverend samuel hargraves dean of milchester read by todd stage directions read by elsie selwyn act one scene represents a very comfortable bachelor sitting-room in a residential hotel in london a long bookcase filled with books in a very orderly manner right a bust of dante occupies a conspicuous position on the top of the bookcase door down right leads to the staircase another door up left leads into bedroom large recessed casement window with window seat at back right opening on to balcony another large recessed casement window at back left also open between the windows center is a huge writing desk with pedestal telephone writing materials photos in frames of dean and mrs hargraves electric reading lamp lighted golf sticks close to table fireplace left with carved over mantel on mantel clock ornaments and photograph in frame of evangeline large chesterfield settee down left armchairs center and right club fender occasional tables chairs a quantity of ornaments pipes and all the paraphernalia of a young bachelor's den electric standard lamp just above left end of settee lighted fireplace down left fire lighted at rise of curtains mrs hargraves is discovered seated in an armchair center darning her son's socks the dean is asleep on the settee Edward is sitting on the fender with his back to the fire. Billy is seated right, doing a black-and-white sketch of the dean. My dear boy, where do you buy your socks? Oh, just anywhere, Mater. I wish you wouldn't bother darning them. I always throw mine away, Mrs. Hargraves. I should imagine you would, Billy. The dean snores loudly. All look at him. It's positively disgraceful. Billy, drawing rapidly... If I could only suggest that snore. Personally, I feel it's quite suggestive enough. Billy, the black and white artist, suggesting a snore. Telephone bell rings, going to phone. There she is again, poor old Edward. Who is it? An American interviewer, Mrs. Hargraves, awfully keen on Edward. Edward taking up receiver. Yes? No, I'm busy. I can't. Tell her I won't be interviewed. No, I won't. Puts receiver up. That's the sixth time she's rung me up. I think it's very foolish not to see her. Poor old novelist. Such is fame. I do loathe the idea of being interviewed. It's so American. I wonder if it's that New York critic who praised your philosophy and roasted you so badly about your women. You never sent me that one, Edward. What did it say about your women? Go ahead, Teddy. Trot it out. It will keep. 
My dear boy, it won't. It's sour enough already. I like to hear both good and bad. Edward goes up to desk center. It isn't that I mind a slating. A good literary slating is bracing. But when they attack my accuracy... Coming down center with press-cutting book. Concerning women. Isn't it quite usual in a first novel and with a male novelist? Yes, but I... My dear chap, they're perfectly right. Thank you. You're welcome. Edward, finding press-cutting. Listen to this, Mater. His masterly methods of description are without blame, and his characterization of men and women is unique. But like many of the rising generation of novelists, he fails utterly in the handling of his womenfolk. Mr. Edward Hargraves knows nothing of women below the age of forty. Virtuous Edward. It's certainly true. I say, that's a bit thick, Mater. Dean snores. Dear old Dad. Who wrote it? The same woman who always signs herself, Anne. She does go for me. Listen to this. Mr. Hargrave's description of a passionate kiss passes all understanding. Edward, you don't mean to tell me you never altered that kiss. I suppose I didn't. Well, I'm only a poor black-and-white artist, but if I couldn't draw a kiss in ink better than you can draw it in words, I'd chuck up art. Perhaps it's the same girl who wants the interview. Hannah's honeymoon was delightful in parts. Your characterization of old Farmer Williams, for instance, was excellent. I suppose you'll learn about women some day. You'll never write a successful novel if you don't. Edward kissing his mother. Dear old mother, how the girls would have loved you if you'd been a man. Apart from her slating, she's given me the most wonderful notice. Read this. Gives her press-cutting book. Mrs. Hargraves reading. Mr. Hargraves writes with the enthusiasm of youth. His book breathes the purity and fragrance of a white man from cover to cover. The author of Hannah's Honeymoon is just a very clever child who is observed with the philosophy of age and written with the optimistic inexperience of youth. Mr. Hargraves will go a long way. Ha, ha! But... He shouldn't go alone. Wow, wow. That's a clever woman who wrote that. Probably some fearful blue stocking. Dean snores. <laughs> My hat. Mrs. Hargraves looking at cutting. Anne. I like Anne. Returns book to Edward. Edward appears to be pursued by Americans just at present. I suppose he hasn't told you it was an American girl he pulled out of the water at Henley yesterday. Why, my dear boy, you never mentioned it. Oh, it was nothing, Mother. Only a ridiculous accident. Some girl trying to punt. She and the punt parted company, and I went to the rescue. Billy to Mrs. Hargraves. Fearfully funny, Mrs. Hargraves. The punt pole subsided with dear little stars and stripes hanging on them to the business end of it and shouting, Help! Help! Pretty girl, too. Was she? Was she? I didn't notice. Anyway, she overwhelmed me with gratitude. I wish people wouldn't make such a fuss about nothing. Oh, you're too retiring. I wish it'd been my rescue. She was a topping girl. Mrs. Hargraves to Edward. I wonder if Evangeline will come round tonight. Oh, she'll probably think you're both tired after your journey. 
she said she might ring up though have you seen much of her since she came up to london oh yes billy comes centre and showing drawing to both how's that for the dean's snore leans over back of mrs hargrave's chair centre <laughs> really it's quite a remarkable likeness under the circumstances dean snores by jove that is a snore samuel samuel dean waking up uh, <coughs> yes what was it you said my dear samuel you've been snoring my dear i never snore dear old dad anyway billy's got you in black and white no has he fumbling for his glasses i must see billy leaning over back of couch shows picture to dean the dean who is then gently laughing stops abruptly at sight of drawing and um, do i really look like that remarkable mrs hargraves to billy i think you ought to present it to him to hang up in his study my dear it's yours with pleasure sir oh thank you thank you i know you meant well i'll have it framed returning drawing to billy billy rather disgusted goes round right and puts drawing on table we've been just telling edward he knows very little about women ah there's plenty of time plenty of time picks up newspaper and becomes interested in it if something doesn't happen to enlighten me before i start my next novel i warn you all i shall take to politics well it is easier you get four hundred a year dean to mrs hargraves if edward would only be guided by us and get engaged to some nice girl like i know evangeline takes up photo why not edward she's very amiable thoroughly domesticated and altogether desirable you've been friends since you were children a life companion to any man a ruth to any boaz i've told you dear people so often i'm not in love with evangeline puts picture on mantel shelf <sighs> dear old mater don't sigh i can't help it i've never met the woman yet who your condition is positively dangerous and remember evangeline is the kind of girl who will marry and be very happy without much romance i suppose i'm much the same the telephone bell rings again edward looks at it angrily and billy laughs now if it's that interviewer how goes to phone dean has taken up the evening paper and is reading do ask her up edward you can't refuse edward taking up receiver yes who is it listens i'm awfully sorry but i can't you'll what pause alarmed but wait a minute no don't ring off listens well i'm puts down receiver what you want now of all the cheek of all the <laughs> what on earth's the matter she says she'll get that interview whether i like it or not dean putting paper down but who is it my dear boy oh some american newspaper woman who wants to interview me dad what else did she say called me a shy self-conscious englishman no <laughs> dean taking up newspaper again those americans are a wonderful people 
are truly wonderful people i bet you she'll get that interview i hope she will you've no sense of business dean looking at paper why what's this edward about you and an accident at hanley <laughs> serves you jolly well right they've stuck it in the paper read it samuel a novelist hero mr edward hargraves whose first novel has been one of the most widely discussed books of the year yesterday rescued an american lady from an awkward predicament at henley whilst making an amateurish attempt at punting the lady and the punt parted company as the pole sank deeper and deeper into the mud her position became more and more precarious and in a few moments she was struggling in the water mr hargraves who was on a houseboat nearby without a moment's hesitation jumped into the water and rescued our fair american cousin amidst the plaudits of those who witnessed the accident from the bank amen much to the secret joy of his friend billy lloyd who wasn't a bit heroic but remained high and dry on the bank what rot shoving stuff like that in the papers my dear boy you did your duty manfully and you have no idea who the girl was none at all billy looking at his watch i say mr hargraves i don't want to hurry you but if we're going slumming ought we to be off dean rising and coming left centre certainly to mrs hargraves my dear i suppose you will go to bed early to-night yes but i want to have a talk with edward first god bless you good night my dear to edward i'll look in later on my way upstairs exit dean wright billy to mrs hargraves i say mrs hargraves if you can't persuade him to propose to evangeline try and persuade evangeline to propose to me bye-bye teddy exit billy laughing right there is a moment's pause after they are gone mrs hargraves darns socks energetically edward rearranges papers on table edward i want to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with you yes dear old darling sits on stool at mrs hargraves feet a parson's wife is peculiarly placed and however much of a woman of the world she may be she must not show it i know your father god bless him is one of the best of men but he's narrow-minded he can't help it he's told me so often dear old dad you edward are growing like him and i can't stand it but you are you've been twenty-eight years in this world and you've not even begun to understand women facing him edward why don't you break out and and what make an effort flirt kiss somebody find some really nice girl who wants to my dear old darling what in heaven's name are you driving at can't you see your whole success as a novel writer depends on you understanding women more thoroughly women bore me mother because you've only known the cathedral town girl surely after being in london three years you might have well met some types it's not easy to well i my dear boy it's just cowardice you've been afraid of the sex all your life from a little boy i've noticed it 
if only you'd been blessed with sisters and cheek but dear it's time you made an effort it takes up so much time mater nonsense it's never waste of time never a woman's man can always succeed in the world i can't flirt i've tried billy bullied me into it at cambridge i tried to talk to a little girl in a restaurant he knew she hated me positively loathed me in five minutes poor edward the last time i made a terrific effort with some other girls billy knows we took two down to richmond in a boat the most boring experience i've ever had conversation was all of the giggly sort were they pretty girls yes i suppose so in a way in a fluffy frilly way oh my poor dear boy no it's no good mater it can't be done you're the only woman i really care to talk to fiddlesticks you know edward i'm very much afraid you'll develop into a prig and i can't stand it very sorry darling then i suppose i'll have to poor poor edward edward struck with an idea goes to photo on mantel and takes it up i tell you what darling i'll ask evangeline to marry me does that please you it's not a bad idea i shall tell her i don't love her don't you even like her yes i like her she's amiable but you're such old friends and evangeline has always been fond of you has she yes she's one of those girls who always make successful wives even when they merely marry for marrying's sake she won't be obtrusive and she's awfully clean and tidy mrs hargraves looks at edward with a doubtful smile she'll accept you edward remember even if you don't love her very much you've got to be interested in her of course of course and the telephone bell rings edward goes up to phone quickly dear me what a start those things give me edward answering telephone look here this is the seventh time today and i'm fed up with it fed up with it fed who is it oh by jove no i didn't mean you i'm awfully sorry the mater came up to town today yes and the governor who is it slowly up to edward edward to his mother evangeline listening what yes do when will you come to-morrow afternoon right you are t mrs hargraves up to edward putting her hand over receiver why don't you propose to her now removes hand from receiver good lord over the phone to evangeline it's all right i wasn't speaking to you i it was the mater it will be much easier over the phone edward to mrs hargraves will it yes let me speak to her first edward speaking into phone don't ring off the mater wants to talk to you yes it's serious mrs hargraves taking up phone how are you dear pause oh we had quite a nice journey pause yes very well with a little nervous cough evangeline edward's going to it was a joke mater a joke seems very absurd over the phone but edward wants to ask you something joke mater hands outstretched mrs hargraves slapping his hands down will you be quiet into phone yes 
he's going to now i do hope you'll say yes pause but i do hope you'll say yes some day she motions to edward to take receiver edward takes it nervously and stands uncomfortably collecting his socks i'll put your socks away but i say mater you're not going to leave me my dear boy i can't propose for you exit mrs hargraves to bedroom left are you there er good i'm glad you're there what is what oh i'm just going to tell you look here evangeline i'm thinking of well i want to get married some day get married married m a r r i e d and er well you and i have known each other i say shouting you and i have known each other a long while am i what yes i am proposing of course i'm in earnest i think we'll just get on splendidly and what's that you knew <laughs> i know i'm shy you will oh thank you i mean thank you for keeping me out of suspense oh yes thank you quite a relief no i don't love you just like that no 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 i respect you most awfully and we're just great friends and i want you to oh well anyway it's settled isn't it good i quite appreciate the point i do really the mater will be delighted dear old mater yes i feel sure the governor will be delighted it was he who first suggested it greatly confused well er good-bye dear what of course i forgot oh well you'll choose it i don't know what you like something with diamonds i suppose what oh amethysts yes i know green stones well good-bye dear to-morrow at four no i can't in the morning publishers in the morning yes good-bye dear he puts up receiver phew mops his forehead with his handkerchief enter mrs hargraves left well edward up at phone mopping his head she's done it done what said yes already well i never i i was surprised mater mrs hargraves suppressing her real feelings it just shows what a nice sensible girl she is she seemed to be expecting it oh did she do they always expect i mean well old darling never mind i've done it now oh my dear i wish you knew a little more head on his shoulder why mater darling why are you crying mrs hargraves recovering never ask a woman that why now mrs hargraves dabbing her eyes oh bless the boy because she can't always tell you goes to settee picks up paper and sits down edward looking round room i suppose i'll have to clear out of this it's a jolly little flat it's not nearly big enough listening what was that what up to window i thought i heard a noise 
Up to Edward, they listen. It's nothing. Mrs. Hargrave's at window. I never feel safe with these fire escapes. You'd feel a lot more nervous without them. My dear boy, I may be old-fashioned, but I'd far rather risk being burnt than being burgled. Oh, nobody's going to burgle you, darling. Whistles a few notes of the wedding march. Oh, don't do that. It's so unlucky. I'm going to bed, Edward. You can see me up to our flat. I'll walk up. I hate lifts. Right, oh, mother. Mrs. Hargraves at right door. You know, dear, I'm much happier about you. After all, Evangeline's better than no one. That's all right, dear mater. Exeunt. Mrs. Hargraves and Edward write. After they have gone, there is a pause. Then enter Anne quickly, window right with a scream. She comes down to center, finding no one in the room. She gives a little chuckle and looks around. She sees photos at desk, goes up and picks up the dean's photo. Father, dear sweet old person. Picks up photo of Mrs. Hargraves. Mother, she's just fine. Comes down center, sees Evangeline's photo on mantel, crosses to it and picks it up. Papa, potatoes, poultry, prunes, and prisms. Up to door, upper left, opens it a little way, and then shuts it quickly. Author's bedroom. Hears Edward whistling off, and exit Anne quickly through window. Enter Edward Wright. He comes slowly over to fireplace and picks up Evangeline's photo. Edward, looking round the room rather ruefully. It's a jolly little flat. Enter Anne through window precisely as before, with a long scream comes down center. Putting photo down. What the... What's the matter? Anne, acting for all she is worth. Oh, oh, oh my! With her skirts tightly tucked round her. What on earth's the matter? Oh, oh, I do hope it didn't get in. What was it? A mouse. A mouse, is that all? I keep them. Anne makes a dash for the window. With a grin. White ones, down in the country. Anne sighs with relief and turns from the window and comes down center, slowly, looking at Edward. Curiously, when Anne is well down stage, I say, haven't I seen you before? <laughs> You've heard me. Thinking. Let me see. Yes, six times today, and you've rudely refused. Then you're... Anne nods her head. I'm the American interviewer. I'm a businesswoman. That's why I invented the mouse. You invented the mouse? So as to not shock you with my apparent unconventionality. Besides, it's your own fault. You've been very stubborn. Have I? I, I am sorry. I was obliged to see you anyhow, on another matter. Goes up and puts book on table right. Oh, what? If you were to throw a bucket or two of water over me now, you'd probably recognize me. By Jove, you're not the girl who... Who made a most complete fool of herself at Henley yesterday? Coming over to Edward and impulsively holding out her hand. Thank you so much, Mr. Englishman. Oh, it was nothing. Nothing? Well, perhaps not for you. I mean, of course it was awful for you, but nothing to me. I must have looked cute on that end of the pole. You'll let me interview you, won't you? I can't help myself. How do you like my criticism? You? In the new eyewitness. Oh, you were the... Yes. Have you ever been on a honeymoon? Good Lord, no. I'm glad. Why? 
because there's some excuse for your ignorance oh thank you anne up to edward but there's no excuse for your writing about a thing like a honeymoon if you've never tried it an author often has to draw upon his imagination not about a beautiful sacred thing like a honeymoon it's vandalism sheer vandalism a honeymoon is just as sacred and wonderful to me as a very beautiful baby all just new and crimply suddenly and vigorously backing edward to left don't you ever dare to describe a very new baby until you've thoroughly mastered all of its loveliest points no no certainly not you're just the sort of person who would try and do a silly thing like that remember you've spoiled hannah's honeymoon and you simply can't spoil her baby forcing edward to fender where he sits i shouldn't think of it anne looking at him curiously then coming to chair centre you're just exactly what i expected from the book i uh, i'm glad i came up to your expectations anne sits on chair centre why do you write so well and so badly i love the book in parts thank you tell me where on earth did you pick up that mass of muddled information about woman edward rises and goes up to her the fact of the matter is i'll tell you i don't know enough about women i don't want being told it's so self-evident it's how you've managed to live two years of maturity in such appalling ignorance that tickles me well i did that's all ever kissed a girl i i no you haven't if you said you had i wouldn't believe it why sits on arm of settee because rises gets book and returns to chair turning over the pages of the book you described a kiss yes here it is i marked the place his lips touched her cheek for one brief moment and he knew that he loved her raises her eyes to heaven then looks at edward well what's wrong aren't you just an infant whoever heard of a kiss lasting a moment teaching a man a whole lifetime of love i don't quite why don't you see it was a long kiss that was wanted a real long thrilling kiss not a peck as if he was saying good-night to his sister what do you suppose a peck on the cheek like that could possibly convey i don't know anne looking up at him whimsically you know i rather like you for it why anne turning to the book never mind now look at this you make your heroine recover from a whole rush of tears before she's had time to really enjoy half of the flood but surely a girl who'd turn on the tap like that wouldn't let up for at least ten or fifteen minutes your ignorance is simply appalling well i'm learning that's clear rises goes to fender ever been engaged no but looks at photograph of evangeline of course you've never kissed a girl er i am engaged turns to her what rises puts book down i got engaged tonight as a matter of fact you got engaged tonight it's a fact but how on earth did you get through without kissing her er telephone indicating telephone tell oh my roars with laughter goes up and then down stage what are you laughing at anne stops laughing you mean to say you lost just the sweetest finest loveliest moment of your life over an old telephone uh i'm very sorry but i did and the girl let you do it i suppose it was my fault did on the spur of the moment exactly and she accepted you yes 
What an awful future you've got to face. Why an awful future? A girl who'd say yes over a telephone, unless she was dying or unless she... Oh, my gracious, what's she like? She's... Suddenly. I'll fetch her, I'll fetch her. Getting photographed from Mantle. I thought so. There they are, all five. Papa, potatoes, poultry, prunes, and prisms. My poor boy, you'll never even write another bad novel. Where does she live? She's a... But why should I tell you? Takes photo from Anne. Oh, Mr. Englishman, don't start highbrow talk. Things are far too serious. Well, she's a canon's daughter, and I've known her all my life. She's awfully clean and tidy. She's been brought up in a cathedral town. That is some excuse, I suppose. It's narrowing. Do you love her? Edward, thinking a moment. No, I can't say I do. Puts photo on mantle. Then what in the world? Why did you? To tell you the honest truth, my dear old mother, who's the greatest woman I've ever met. Anne, running over to him impulsively. I like that. Go on. No, but she's really a very clever woman, and she's been going for me about the book, and in fact told me a lot you've just been rubbing in. So, to settle matters, I said I'd get engaged. Er, to learn. Er, I mean. Anne, clapping her hands and going over to write. Oh, aren't you just lovely? The true artist sacrifices his life to the cause of art. Well, to be quite honest, it's not. Yes, it is. A nice funny old thing like you can't be allowed to do it. She'll never help you. How do you know? Don't I tell you a girl who'd say yes over a phone, a nasty, cold old phone, can't understand anything. She's quite a nice girl. Nice? You don't want a nice girl. How do you mean? Oh, how you'd know the things if you'd been nearer nature, how I'd like to gallop you across a prairie, how you'd just love it. The wind and the breath of the long grass filling your body with life, and the spirit of the wilderness filling your heart and soul full of the passionate joy that makes you shout aloud, Life! Love! Love! Life! They are one, one. Whoop! Edward, dashing across to door right. I say, look out! Loving by telephone! You! If it weren't so tragic, it'd be comic! Edward, sitting in armchair right. I've done it now. And you'll stick to it? Of course. Oh, silly man. Sits on left end of settee. Come and sit over here. Edward hesitates and looks shy. Come and sit over here. Edward shuffles about, rises, comes right center, and stops again. Come along. He sits by Anne, moving up to him repeatedly three times. Now, listen to your little American friend. Edward, unfreezing. I'm listening. You're going to spoil your life if you married this cold, dry English girl that was just made to marry a curate. You can't imagine something of the girl who'd help you? Later on, you'll be nervy and jerky over your work, just when you're feeling your wings and want to do your great book. And then that insipid girl you married won't know quite how to fix things. And then you'll just want sympathy so badly. You'll cry. A man doesn't cry. My, don't they? Some of the nicest men I've ever met could cry at any times like children. Laying her hand on his. You're very kind. Looking down at hand. And sympathetic. I'm glad you think so, because I'm trying very hard to help you. It's getting rather late, isn't it? 
don't spoil things. Mr. Englishman, let them soak in a while. I love you to know there's just one woman you've met who's taught you just a little bit about woman. Would you mind telling me some more? Sniffing her hair, Anne, after a little silent chuckle, Do you know something? No, tell me. Sniffing. You'll never divulge it to a living soul if I tell you. Are you sure it's something that you should tell me? I feel that I can trust you. If you are quite sure that you won't regret telling me, do. You may trust me utterly. Sniffing. Well, it's disgraceful, but I've paid five and a half dollars a bottle for that perfume you're so rapturously inhaling from my hair. Edward straightening up awkwardly. Really? As much as that? Anne laughs merrily. Oh, Mr. Englishman, you're too good to be true. What's the girl's name? Evangeline. About the only romantic thing about her. What's your name? Anne. The least romantic thing about me. Anne, it's... No, it isn't. It's a fool's name, reminiscent of old maid aunts. I don't think so. It is. What's your name? Edward. I guess we're not a very romantic combination in names. No. Listen. There is a long pause. You'd love to kiss me, wouldn't you? My dear girl, I mean... I'm not saying I'd let you. I... I didn't say I wanted to. Then don't. Face close to his and looking straight at him. I won't. You mustn't. Putting her mouth close to his, Edward without moving. How could I? Looks at Evangeline's picture awkwardly, and laughing. How could you? Oh my, Mr. Englishman, I like you. Edward suddenly looks at his watch and rises. What's the matter? Suppose my dear old dad comes in and finds you here. Oh, joy! Oh, rapture! I wonder what the mater would say. I think she'd just love it. Rises. I believe you're right. Honestly, am I helping you? Or would you like me to go? I wouldn't like you to go, but you must. Why? Because, because, hang it all. I, I... Anne, leading Edward to photo of Evangeline. What do you suppose she would think if she saw us? Evangeline. Anne nods her head solemnly. Heaven alone knows. I'll tell you. What? She'd just be ignorantly shocked. Ignorantly? A woman who'd say yes over a telephone would be ignorantly shocked. She'd jump to conclusion like a very active kangaroo. How much did you say that scent cost? You're not thinking of giving prunes, Annie, are you? No, no, not prunes. I mean, Vanjie. I couldn't stand for that. I only thought I'd like to have some myself. I'll send you a bottle. Close to Edward. For a wedding present. Crosses up to window. I must go. Oh, I say, don't go yet. I must. I want to write you up while you're still fresh in my mind. You're never going to. It's been a very interesting interview. Lift bell. Edward, as he hears someone outside. Good Lord, there's my dad. Rushing over to door right, and smiling. I'd just love to meet him. Edward at door right. But you, I mean, good heavens, if he found you here. I say, what the deuce? Look here, do you mind going? Anne going to window. Of course. Edward going towards her hurriedly. No, no, he'll see you there from the staircase. Anne enjoying his panic. Well, in there. Going towards bedroom, Edward rushes towards her and stops center upstage. 
No, no, not there. That's my... my... Oh, that's all right. As she exits. I'll just make some notes on an English author's bedroom. Exit Anne left, enter Dean right. Hello, Dad, I'd... My dear lad. I thought you'd gone to bed. I... I was just turning in. Your mother has told me. I couldn't possibly retire without... Taking his hand. Offering you my warmest congratulations. God bless you, my boy. Thank you, Dad. Your dear mother and I are indeed thankful to Providence for this sudden fulfillment of our most earnest wishes. I thought you said there was plenty of time. Did I? Ah, oh, yes, to be sure. But we're grateful it has not been longer. Evangeline is a girl with a thousand. I mean, in a thousand. She is. Her income with yours. But there, we must not expatiate on the loaves and fishes. They are there. Suffice it to know, they are there. Of course, you know, I don't love Evangeline in quite the conventional sense. My dear boy, your mother and I fully appreciate your difficulties. Difficulties inherited possibly from myself. Between ourselves, entirely between ourselves, I never loved your dear mother in quite the conventional sense. But look at the result. Edward, smothering a laugh. Yes, Dad. Harmony. Complete harmony. Based on common sense and daily intercourse. I wonder if... Intimacy. Intimacy, my dear boy. Intimacy is the soil for a common sense marriage. In intimacy, the little seed of love takes root slowly but surely. In intimacy, it blossoms forth like a grain of mustard seed. During this speech, Edward makes repeated little attempts to stop the dean. Edward sighs. Yes, Dad, er, you said all that last Sunday. Oh, did I? Oh, there, there. Uh, we'll defer discussing the ethics of love and marriage until you become a little more intimate. Now, I must go to bed. Pausing. Dear me. What a delicious perfume there is in the room. He sniffs. Delicious. Edward starts. Yes. I never noticed it before I went out. No, no, you wouldn't. It's... it's a uh, new hair wash I'm trying. Dean, upstage right, delighted. Hair wash? My boy, I must try it. It's delicious. Could you let me have a little... I suffer slightly from dryness of the scalp. Dean goes toward bedroom. Edward jumps over Settee and stops him. It's very bad for that. Bringing him down left. A pity, a pity, a great pity. Well, good night, my boy. Good night, and God bless you, and keep you from all temptation. On the word temptation, Edward turns his head and gives a quick look towards bedroom left. Good night, Dad. Dean, by the door. You are quite sure that hair wash does induce dryness? Quite, Dad, quite. Pity, great pity. 
I must get your dear mother to use it first. Good night. Exit Dean Wright. Edward carefully shuts the door, then sits center, and mops his face with his handkerchief. Enter Anne left, notebook in hand, smilingly intent on what she has put down. Well? Edward, starting up and creeping over to door right. We must be careful. My dad came in to congratulate me. Maybe. Maybe. I don't quite. Never mind. I've made some lovely copy out of your bedroom. Edward, staggered. Copy out of my bedroom? Notes on an English author's bedroom. Referring to notebook. Doesn't use a comb. Doesn't get his suit pressed often enough. Doesn't use hair wash. Boots very badly cleaned. Query, does he do it himself? Do you? Yes. I thought so. It's an art in my country. Indeed. Anne, referring to book. Doesn't wear sleeping suits. To Edward. You must look cute in that flannelette nightshirt. Look here, I call this simply outrageous. So do I. Artistically outrageous. Edward, almost speechless. I, I say. You'd wear sleeping suits if I married you. Don't be indelicate. Prunes probably won't mind. Well, I... Anne, closing book. It will work up nicely into a half-column. You never mean to say you're going to publish all these details. You bet your dear life I am. What about... I mean, you... I say you won't put in the conversation we had. I trust I quite understand the meaning of true delicacy. I'm... I'm awfully sorry. Anne, coming right down to him and looking up in his face. Bay B. Edward, staring at her. By Jove, you're an amazing girl. Tell me, have I helped you? I'd love you to meet my mother. And I'd just love to meet her. Couldn't you come in tomorrow? Bully! But how are you going to explain me? Hum. Hum. I'll tell you what. Sits on arm of chair center. Send up your card and ask for an interview. They'll think no end of it. Is she going to be there? Prunes and prisms? Yes, I'm afraid prunes. Jumping up. I mean prisms. I mean Vanjie will be here. I'd love to come. Crosses to mantle left and looks at Evangeline's photo. I'd just love to see the girl that you're not going to marry. Not going to marry? I'm going to help you right out of it. What do you mean? I simply refuse to allow it. Look here, you've struck an awful snag. A snag? Yes. You're just like a nice new white sail vessel that's never known a real tough breeze. Don't you see you're built for the storms and headwinds and the mastering of them, not just the calm waters of a summer day? Here you are, sailing out to sea, and in sheer ignorance of how to navigate your own course, you've hit a snag. <laughs> the little tug American Anne is going to tow you off right into harbor. She takes hold of Edward's two hands and pulls him round and down right. Yes, but why do you want to do this? Taking away his hands and backing a step, and to herself aloud. Shall I tell him? Yes. No, perhaps I'd better not. Goes up stage to window, gets on to seat and out on balcony. Edward, up to her. But I want to know. Anne, on balcony. Oh, do you? Yes. You'd really like to know? Hands each side of window. Please. Well, maybe. Yes. Maybe. Maybe I'll marry you myself. Anne disappears quickly, laughing to write. Edward rushes up to window and leans far out, looking after her. 
Curtain. End of Act One. Act Two of Anne by Lechmere Worrell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two. Scene. Same as Act One. An afternoon tea table set for tea stands center in front of armchair. Fire lighted. At rise of curtain, the stage is empty. Enter Edward Wright. He comes to set tea with parcel and takes off hat and gloves. Opens parcel, takes out pajamas, tries them on, opens bottle of hair wash, shakes some on hand and compares it with cushion. Rises, looks everywhere for comb and at last finds it in his inner coat pocket. Shakes hair wash on hair, then goes to fireplace and elaborately parts hair, then gathers things up and goes off left. Returns immediately and comes to desk gets duster and dusts boots, sees five cups on table, counts on his fingers, then goes to bookcase and gets extra cup, dusts it with same duster, sees what he is doing, is horrified, takes cup back to bookcase and changes it for another, gets kettle from window and puts it on hob, takes photo of Evangeline, dusts it, puts it back, sits on settee, smells cushion, looks at photo, puts his hat on, and exits right. Exit Edward Wright. Enter Anne from window with bundle. She puts things on armchair, takes slippers up, and puts them under chair right, blouse on chair left of desk, stockings under cushion right of settee, nightdress under cushion left of settee, takes candy from one of the dishes and pops it in her mouth. I guess that will about do it. Maybe... Exit Anne by window right. Enter Billy and Edward right. Billy goes over to left center. Jolly glad you've turned up. Why didn't you look in last night? Well, I saw your dad to the door, and then I bolted back to make some rough sketches. Sniffs the air. They ought to be here soon. Billy sniffing. What the? I say, who's been... Can you smell something? Smell? Smell what? Scent. Ripping good scent, too. Edward, sniffing. Now you mention it, I... I think I do. Duster to nose. Billy indicates Duster. Edward throws it away with an exclamation of disgust. I say, Teddy, who's been paying you a visit? Paying me a visit? You don't mean to say you've done it. Done what? Edward, I believe you're a dark horse after all. Edward... Rather confused. Don't be an ass. Crossing to fireplace. Billy tracking scent to settee. Warm? Warmer? Warmer? Teddy, she's been sitting here. Sitting on settee. Look here, old man, I'll tell you. But for heaven's sake, keep it to yourself. Billy grinning. Now we're talking. Last night, after you were gone, I proposed to... Er... Proposed? Who to? Edward, taking up photo. I proposed to Evangeline. Evangeline? When did she turn up? Well, the fact of the matter is, I did it over the telephone. You would. And she accepted me. The deuce she did. The mater was delighted. Dear old mater. Yes, but what I want to know is, when did the scent come in? Later. Later? 
with a grin. Gather round. After I'd seen the mother upstairs to her flat, I walked in here and found... The girl with the scent? Exactly. Immense. She came through the window. Billy, astounded, looks round at window right. What? From the next flat along the fire escape. And you sent her back home again like a good little boy? No, I jolly well didn't. You didn't. Springs up and grasps Edward's hand with fervor. Edward, old man, my warmest and sincerest congratulations. Shaking hands vigorously. Don't be an ass. She was only a mad American, a newspaper reporter, and incidentally, the girl I lugged out of the water at Henley. What? That topping little girl, a newspaper reporter? I suppose it accounts for her eccentric behavior. My dear old chap, the more attractive the girl, the more eccentric can she become to the unsophisticated male mind. Can she? Goes up to desk at back center, gets golf club and sandpaper. Yes. It's all the outcome of habit. A woman is a habit. She may be a bad habit or a good habit, but she's always a habit. Eh? Lucky devil, what a delightful lot of things you've got to learn about the habit. Edward, polishing golf stick. I wish to goodness I'd started investigations earlier in life. I found her very instructive. No, old man, not instructive. Never apply the term instructive to a woman nowadays. Why not? Because, my dear old chap, the only term to apply to a woman nowadays is destructive or constructive or obstructive, but never instructive. However, you found Little Stars and Stripes interesting. She was very interesting, and I asked her to tea to meet the mater. Oh, did you? Edward trying to explain things away. Yes, I thought I ought to be polite. Of course, of course. <laughs> I say, have you told Evangeline about this? Good lord, no. She'd never understand. I mean, not yet. Edward, I'm sure you are a dark horse after all. Oh, rot. Now remember, I shall pretend not to know her, except as an interviewer. Of course, of course. <laughs> and I wish to goodness you wouldn't try to imply anything that isn't. I mean, that doesn't. Doesn't. Don't stutter, old man. You're only giving yourself away. Anything that isn't suggested by one of the most delicate and expensive perfumes on the market. Oh, shut up. I say, Teddy, have you seen Evangeline since she accepted you? No, she's coming to tea this afternoon. I couldn't see her this morning. Busy this morning. Publishers this morning. Oh, she's coming to tea this afternoon. And the little American girl is coming to tea this afternoon. Well, of course, I quite see I'm going to have the afternoon of my life. Rises and goes to fireplace, stands with back to fire laughing. A knock at the door. There she is, I expect. <laughs> yes, there she is. Er, which one? Which one? Oh, I'll see. Edward goes to door right and opens it. Enter Evangeline. She stands just inside door. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? To Billy. How do you do? Oh, I think I'm too early. Crosses front of Edward to right center. No, no, not at all. Billy's here to chaperone us. Oh, perhaps I'd better wait outside for Mrs. Hargraves. Billy to Evangeline, rather nervously, obviously afraid of her. It's all right, Mrs. Lipscomb. I'm here, and you're here, and er, we're all there, and... Er, I mean, we're all here. I'll just nip up and let Mrs. Hargraves know you are here. 
How do you do again? Shakes hands with Evangeline and crosses her, so that he is between her and Edward. He notices Edward and suddenly remembers his manners. Oh, I'm so sorry. Quite forgot. Hearty congratulations and many happy returns and a Merry Christmas. <sighs> Exit Billy, pushed out by Edward, quickly right. Evangeline goes over to left center. Oh, won't you sit down? Evangeline sits on settee. Is father well? Papa is quite well, thank you. Thank you. Won't you take off your, er, funny little pale blue waistcoat? No, thanks. It's a little chilly for summer. Chilly? Oh, yes, yes. That's why I had a fire. Crosses to window up left and shuts it. There. Evangeline, after sniffing cushion. How exceedingly disgusting. Edward? Yes, dear heart. Coming down from window to just above settee. Do you like scent, Edward? Yes, no. Yeah, yes, no. I, I mean, yes, some scent. Down to back of tea table. I don't like scent, Edward. You'd better know it at once. Yes, yes, of course. Er, I'll make a note of it. There is a very awkward pause. I suppose you're very shy now. Edward, with slight nervous laugh and absently picking up teaspoon from table. <laughs> well, you see, it's the first occasion, and the first occasion is always a trifle tricky. Evangeline deliberately putting up veil. Don't you think you ought to kiss me? Edward drops spoon into tray. It's usual, isn't it? Oh, yes, of course. I mean to, but... Comes round front of tea table and sits beside Evangeline. It's usual when people are engaged, isn't it? Yes. Evangeline turns her head round and puts her mouth to Edward, who, with one finger on her cheek, pushes her head gently round again. For the present, I think. Kisses her. For the present. Thank you. Vigorously polishes golf stick. Evangeline hand on his to stop him. I'm so glad you've been honest with me. That's really why I accepted you. You know, I don't believe in love. I mean, not the silly sort one reads about. We've discussed it so often. Your book was wrong in places about women, but you're perfectly right, I'm convinced, in the love scenes. Everybody thinks that is just where the book is weak. Now, last night, Anne... Pulls himself up in confusion, busy with emery paper and candy. I like the calm, sensible way you make your heroine behave. I think I may have helped you without your knowing it. Perhaps you have. Busy with golf stick. Evangeline, busy with hand. I think it was so clever of you to write about a honeymoon as you did, and that passage about an engagement. His lips touched her cheek. For one brief moment. Touches her own cheek where Edward has kissed her. So true. Do you think so? It shows me so clearly that you have genius. Genius? Oh, yes. Of course, genius. Genius. Rather conceitedly, busy with golf stick. Evangeline stopping him. Edward, don't do that. Yes. A genius can always write brilliantly, even in cold blood, on any subject, 
however inexperienced he happens to be. I think it was wonderful how you got it right. Edward turning round to her. But was it right? Right? Of course it was. How on earth do you know? Oh, well, I... I... Of course, I, I mean it sounded right. Well, how did you know? Oh, I made it all up. I'm glad. Glad? Why? Because if I'd thought that this had been from an actual experience, I might have been jealous. Oh, well, you... I don't think you have any cause. Dear one... It has always seemed to me that a really good woman should be as jealous of a man's past as of his future. Quite so. A good wife should always be jealous, Edward. Seems a trifle early Victorian, don't it? Certainly not. I was always brought up to believe that real love should never be free from jealousy. And I'd begun to hope it was free from everything save love. I hope you aren't becoming sentimental. I wonder if you know what sentiment means. Voices heard off right. Ah, there's the mater. Oh, I am so glad. Enter Mrs. Hargraves Wright, followed by the dean and Billy. My dear boy, I'm afraid we're late. Crosses left center to Evangeline. My child, I must apologize. Kisses her. You've made us so happy. Crosses to Settee. I'm so glad. Dean sent her to Evangeline. My dear, God bless you. I'm overjoyed to think my son has such a suitable helpmeet. A roof to any Boaz. Sits in chair, left corner. Oh, thank you. So much. Oh, now we're all merry and bright. Now perhaps Edward will be able to write about women. I think he does, Mr. Lloyd. Sits on settee right end. Billy, much subdued, turns up stage right, almost immediately afterwards sitting right. But you'll teach him many things a nice girl alone can teach. They all settle themselves as they talk. Dean in chair down left, Mrs. Hargraves on the settee, Evangeline by her side, Billy in chair right. I do trust your dear father will be delighted. I'm sure of it. Aunt was so pleased when I told her last night. Was she? To change the subject. Isn't that kettle boiling? I'm dying for tea. Edward going to fireplace with teapot. I think it is. To Evangeline. Won't you pour it out? Dear one? Oh, Mrs. Hargraves ought to do that. Billy discovers Anne's slippers under his chair and picks them up. My dear, I simply loathe pouring out tea. A parson's wife invariably does. Billy coming down right with slippers. Hello. Who's been leaving their slippers about? There are girls. Yes, aren't they? Evangeline looks witheringly at Billy, then takes one slipper from him and passes it to Mrs. Hargraves, then takes the other slipper. So they are. How extraordinary. Edward at fireplace with kettle to Mrs. Hargraves. I expect they're yours, old darling. He has his back to them as he bends to pour water into kettle. They don't appear to be your size, my dear. No, they certainly are not my slippers. But who on earth could they be if they're not yours, Mater? 
brings teapot and kettle in front to tea-table center <laughs> my dear boy how on earth can i tell you sits a very small foot too edward crosses to dean left dean taking the other very small indeed very very small indeed almost chinese edward takes one slipper from dean and crosses right centre and stands left of billy no american stands above tea-table and pours out tea edward starts i know perhaps the charlady left them knock outside right door i wonder who that is haven't the least idea old chap perhaps it's the owner of the slippers bursts out laughing and goes up to window don't be an ass bill i'll see dad i'll see edward opens door right and enters anne she is very smartly dressed she pretends not to know edward anne just inside door are these mr edward hargraver's chambers yes i am hargraves the author of hannah's honeymoon mrs hargraves places shoe on settee yes i'm an american newspaper woman and i just came to write you up i wonder if you'd be so kind as to grant me an interview oh won't you come in indicating room with kettle in left hand show in right hand oh but i see you have a party perhaps i had better come again we shall be delighted shan't we mater mrs hargraves rising do come in miss advances centre anning comes right centre and shakes hands with mrs hargraves billy snatches shoe from edward and puts it away at back i'm really pleased to meet the mother of so great an author you're very kind miss anning this is my husband anne goes over left to the dean charmed my dear young lady to make your acquaintance my son is indeed honoured shakes hands this is my future daughter-in-law miss lipscomb and to evangeline how very interesting aren't you just proud of him shaking hands with evangeline very vigorously and with both hands evangeline rather haughtily and taking her hands away why of course sits in chair centre edward bringing billy by arm round to centre this is my old pal billy black and white artist you must write him up spilling water from kettle very pleased to know you mr billy they shake hands now miss anning i'm sure you'd like some tea before i just love it to billy i'm crazy about your english tea habit billy goes to right of tea-table evangeline gives him cup of tea for dean also indicates cake stand billy takes tea to dean do sit down mrs hargraves sits left end of settee and sits right end and to evangeline oh what am i sitting on a real american shoe by the looks of it is it we were wondering the fact is miss anning a most curious thing happened just before to edward who hands her tea thank you son a most curious thing happened before billy hands her cake no thank you mr lloyd billy retires with cake stand as i was saying a most curious excuse me mother miss anning one two three please that shoe is a mystery really you don't say so yes we found a pair of them here this miss anning cake bread butter 
Billy, Billy. Billy runs round left with cake stand. No, thank you. Billy retires crushed. I think I'd just like a candy. Edward looks at Anne inquiringly. A sweet. Edward hands plate of sweets. I'm so sorry. I interrupted you. These shoes were found here in my son's rooms, and there's no explaining their presence. Indeed. Now that's very interesting. It will make a great headline. A headline? A headline? I don't understand. Edward by tea table, meaningly. You wouldn't be so cruel, Miss Anning. It would just sell the book like anything, Mr. Hargraves. Dean, putting cup down on fender. Sell the book? How could the slippers sell a book? Taking Mrs. Hargraves' cup and putting it down on fender. Why, yes. Interviewer finds English author perplexed. Who left her American footwear behind? You wouldn't be so vulgar. Vulgar? My dear Miss Lipscomb, why vulgar? There's nothing vulgar in a slipper. I think, Miss Anning, it might be as well if you suppressed this little incident. Of course. I will if you like. To Edward. But how did they get here, Mr. Hargraves? Giving her cup to Edward. I can't think. I can't think. Stands center drinking from Anne's cup. It's quite a predicament. A modern Cinderella and her slippers. During the preceding speech, Evangeline has put her cup down and rearranged the cushions. In doing so, she now unearths the lace blouse. Oh, what am I crushing? Anne, taking blouse and holding it up. Just the loveliest skirt waist in the world. Good heavens. Takes blouse from Anne. Dean, taking blouse from Mrs. Hargraves. God bless my soul. What in heaven's name? It's a woman's blouse. Rising and going right center. It's too cunning for anything. Edward, you look something in it. Edward! What does it mean? It's really very, very extraordinary. Very? My dear boy. <laughs> you haven't been buying Evangeline's trousseau. Billy bursts out laughing. Of course not, Mater. I never was so tempted in all of my life. Everybody looks at her. Mrs. Hargraves laughs softly. <laughs> tempted? Tempted? What do you mean? Just think of the copy I can't use. It's worth at least two hundred and fifty dollars. Miss Anning, I can't see any joke in this at all. You appear to forget that I am engaged to Mr. Hargraves. I wish I could forget it. When I think all the copy just throwing itself at me. Anne picks up cushion and discloses stockings, which Mrs. Hargraves picks up. By Jove, another find. Mrs. Hargraves collapsing into uncontrollable mirth. <laughs> My dear Edward, an enemy has done this. But what are they? Takes stockings from Mrs. Hargraves. What on earth? They're stockings! Looks like a real bully pair of French silk. Edward stands choking. Evangeline to Billy. If you did this as a practical joke, Mr. Lloyd, let me tell you it's exceedingly horrid of you. Oh, I say, do I look as if I could? <laughs> On your honor, Billy. I've never seen such things before. Explodes with laughter. Turns up a little, then down again. Evangeline and Mrs. Hargraves at window. Say... This is just too cute for anything. 
do you know the situation alone cabled in a dozen words to the associated press would work up into a corking three-column story personally i think this beyond a joke madam that this feminine i think one might be right in describing this as intimate feminine attire has been discovered in my son's room is going up behind settee edward i must really in common decency and moves over to left end of settee don't ask him to explain it's absolutely outrageous outrageous i think if i were engaged to a man miss lipscomb i should feel a bit like that myself edward have you no idea where these things came from anne places cushion behind her back disclosing nighty no reasonable explanation of their appearances none at all and deliberately without looking at it moves nightdress farther down on to seat well my dear boy don't look so fearfully tragic it's just some foolish joke joke anne unearthing the nightdress and showing it my picture dean holds nightdress by one end and by the other edward sinks into chair centre edward you know what that is dean taking it from anne it appears to be it's a very lovely one now a nighty like that would cost at least thirty-five dollars well i must say good-bye mrs hargraves holding out her hand to mrs hargraves my dear evangeline don't be ridiculous don't go i'm very very sorry but it's quite impossible for me to 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 edward oh can't you see edward rises but hang it all it isn't mine i mean i don't know where but surely you have some theory this garment is well it is billy to anne what's your theory miss anning well as a stranger i don't know that i ought to say anything but it seems to me to be a very big tragedy for you mr hargraves oh it's just some feeble joke feeble feeble turns up to window i can stand no more edward has behaved abominably will you see me home billy going up to evangeline well i think i go your way evangeline turning on him furiously will you kindly mind your own business perhaps you're right exit billy quickly right oh my dear i quite understand coming down to right corner with evangeline busy with nightdress evangeline coming down centre don't dare to say a word to me i couldn't bear it vanji look here i mrs hargraves coming down right centre significantly edward i wouldn't good-bye mrs hargraves good-bye miss anning i trust you will at least keep my name out of even an american paper i'll do my very best miss lipscomb but it's a fearful temptation thank you need we be so serious about a thing like this my dear much as i regret it 
I must side with Evangeline until some... Puts nightdress on table behind him. I can only trust your kindness to prevent this becoming public property. Certainly, if you wish it. Dad, do you believe this of me? The dean glares at Edward. He does, Edward. A good man always does. The dean looks at her. I said it, Samuel. A good man always does. The dean is about to protest. Mrs. Hargrave stops him. And the better the man, the worse he thinks. Well, upon my word. Come, my dear. Excellent dean and Evangeline Wright. Edward to his mother. Mater, you don't think. Oh, my dear boy, knowing you as long as I have, how could I think? Edward, give Miss Anning some more tea. Edward goes up and puts golf stick in bag. To Anne. And while you're interviewing my son, I'll just take these incriminating garments to my room. Edward comes down behind center to fender. Anne starts as if she was going to say something. Mr. Hargraves, are you really in a fit condition to be interviewed? Of course he is. I hope you'll call on me again. And, Miss Anning, don't tell him his novel is wonderful, because it isn't. Goodbye. Mrs. Hargraves, may I say just how much I like you? Thank you. Not one mother in a thousand would have behaved like you did. Miss Anning, I've been a parson's wife since the flood, but I'm still a woman of the world. Going to door right. Don't forget, I want you to call on me. At door. I'm 87, up above. Exit Mrs. Hargraves, door right. A pause. Edward is looking angrily into fire. Anne looks at him with mock apprehension. Guess you'll never want another American girl at your tea parties again. Edward turning. Your conduct is past criticism. Anne runs over to Chesterfield and sits on back, right end, with feet on the seat. Oh, Mr. Englishman, do please get really angry. I am angry, very angry. I really don't wonder. To think that you, of all women, could stoop to do a... Am I never to be forgiven? Hands together. You've shocked Evangeline. Wasn't it better for her to be shocked now than afterwards? A nice, well-spoken little girl like that. Oh, it's abominable. Anne, clapping her hands. Mr. Englishman, you're just lovely when your beautiful pride has been injured. What do you mean? You didn't mind last night about Evangeline when... when you were sitting right here. Last night? I was mad last night. Mad. Mad. When daylight dawns and everything becomes unromantic, we just become self-conscious and afraid, don't we, Mr. Englishman? Getting off sofa. Look here. Marching over to Anne, who sits on chair down left. It's all jolly fine arguing, but those, those things of yours are extremely difficult to explain away. That's why I chose them. What am I to do? What in heaven's name am I to do? Why do anything? Your moral character is unassailable. You leave my morals out of it. Why try to explain them anyway? But that won't help Evangeline. She'll never believe. Didn't I tell you she'd be ignorantly shocked? You can't deny she had some reason. Your mother only laughed. Edward turns and stares at her. So she did. And I thought your mother was about the only person who counted. Oh, it's no good arguing. 
you've got me into a hole and got you out of another one then last night you talked a lot of i think you're very ungrateful i'm not ungrateful i've lost a pair of silk stockings a beautiful shirtwaist a pair of lovely bedroom slippers and a perfectly adorable coming over left centre close to edward don't mention it i forbid you to mention it why everyone wears one even you <laughs> and a flannelette at that i don't i bought a pair of silk pajamas this afternoon pink or blue it's beside the point not to mention that splendid copy i can't use i believe you did it just for the sake of copy mr englishman don't be unkind edward coming up to her i wish i'd never seen you who ever heard of a girl coming into a man's family over the fire escape and causing such a lot of trouble why don't you tell them the things belong to me you know i can't why 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 oh don't be silly suppose i tell them now look here you jolly well leave things alone they're bad enough as they are very well but it's bad luck i can't get back the edward gives her a look the thing you don't like mentioned it'll spoil the set set well you'll have to wear odd ones it's your own fault i think i'll be going marches up to window right no you don't edward walks quickly up to anne seizes her by left wrist and drags her well down right centre then swings her round so that they are quite close face to face and look here i you're not going to say you never want to see me again that's precisely what i was going to say anne puts her face close up to his precisely going left centre anne going over close to him he has his back to her don't you want a five and a half dollar bottle of that perfume no oh very well good-bye good-bye anne walks across to door right slams door hard remaining just inside edward sighs and crosses slowly to left anne follows on tiptoe anne suddenly pushing edward in the back do you know something edward jumps round anne springs on settee edward rushes up to her she holds cushion in front of her no i don't want to hear anything more then you'll just have to oh well if i must i must listen tonight you'll want to see me more than you've ever wanted to see anyone before in your life i shall do nothing of the sort you'll sit in this lovely old sofa and you'll see me in the fire and you'll get a whiff of that five and a half dollar cent and you'll just feel mad have you finished worn curtain no you'll sit here just where we sat and you'll hate yourself for being a coward and you'll try to think of evangeline and you won't be able to because she's unthinkable and you'll get fridged here and fridged here than just anything and in the morning you'll have big purple indigo blues and your mother will laugh at you and you'll just be the most miserable limp understudy of your whole magnificent moral self and it will do you all the good in the world and later on you'll tell me i was right i shan't i shall never tell you anything again oh yes you will gets off chesterfield and comes down to edward a man always tells that sort of thing to the girl he's going to marry edward turning round and going towards her a step what do you mean nothing good-bye waves her hand up to window then stops and turns and comes down centre no after successfully introducing herself into clerical english family propriety demands of american and conventional exit through the door exit and quickly right edward collapses on chesterfield looking after her curtain 
End of Act Two. Act Three of Anne by Lechmere Worrell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene the same as Acts One and Two. Time evening. Fire lighted. A reading lamp lighted on Edward's desk. Standard lamp lighted. At rise of curtain, Edward discovered busily writing. He rises with a loose sheet of MSS, which he reads over to himself out loud. There was a long silence. He inhaled the subtle scent of her hair. His pulse beat quickened. He hardly dared to breathe, lest some slight movement on his part should suggest a readjustment of their positions. Down to Settee to himself. That's not quite it. No. Thanks. Walks to Settee, sits and smells sofa cushions for further inspiration. A readjustment of their positions. With a sudden idea. I know. He jumps up and starts writing again. Enter the dean and Billy, right. Dean crosses over to left corner. Dear old dad. To Billy. Hello, old man. Hello, old man. Edward? Edward does not hear. Billy rather apprehensively gets close to Edward. Edward! Billy jogs Edward's elbow. He rises. Both stand up, stage center. Now, Edward, as there are only men in the room, perhaps you will explain matters. My dear dad, I have nothing to explain. I should say... Judging by the number and appearance of the articles brought to light at such an inopportune time, that you had a good deal to explain. Give me a cigarette, Edward. Edward takes out cigarette case. Edward! Billy is taking cigarette. Edward, attend to me. Both men jump. Edward turns round, holding case behind his back. Billy takes case, takes out a cigarette, and returns case to Edward's hand, still outstretched behind his back. Billy lights cigarette and retires a little upstage, smoking. I have done my best to, uh, to put a kinder complexion upon the affair, for Evangeline's sake. But my task has been indeed a hard one under the overwhelming burden of evidence before me. I repeat, I have nothing to say by way of explanation. If you or Evangeline choose to judge me by appearances, Dad, why then you must. You mean to tell me you have no idea how those, mm, intimate feminine garments got into your room? I may have ideas, but I keep them to myself. Edward... I may be a dean, but in this instance I must judge you as a man of the world. And as a man of the world, there is only one possible explanation. And I suppose the usual man of the world's excuse. Exactly. I mean, certainly not. Look here, Dad, leave the man of the world out of it and judge me as the dean. Billy shakes his head and saunters down to right of Edward. 
Very well, I will. I should stick to the man of the world, Edward. I prefer Dad to stick to his own profession. Billy shrugs his shoulders and retires upstage again, picking up a book from table right. To Dean. Now, sir. Dean, finding it somewhat difficult to attack as the Dean. Can't we... can't you offer some... I've told you, sir, I cannot. I don't know how the things got here. Evangeline is willing to accept any reasonable explanation. I have no explanation to offer. I even think, in time, she may reconsider the possibility of renewing her engagement. I certainly shall never renew my offer. You mean, sir? Up to Edward. I mean this, sir. It was to please you and the mater I proposed to her. Evangeline wasn't in love with me, and I wasn't in love with her. Perhaps that excuses her. But would anyone else condemn me as she did? Did the mater? Did Miss Anning? Do you, Billy? Oh, no, I don't, old man. Turns up to window and resumes reading. It's left to my father and the girl I'm supposed to marry. Come, come, Edward. You must remember the shock to a young girl's feelings that the unconventional appearance of such garments would produce under the circumstances. Good heavens, why, if I knew nothing? You don't even suspect anyone of playing a very foolish practical joke? I may suspect, but it's outside the point. Billy, coming down right center. Why not expose the joker and regain your own lost moral character? Oh, dry up. Certainly, old man, certainly. Retires up again. What possible motive? Sits on settee, arranges cushions. He sniffs. God bless my soul. What a very remarkable thing. I... What is the matter? Dean, taking up cushion and smelling it methodically. Yes, it is. No. Yes, it must be. What is it, sir? Edward, I think I have discovered a clue. A clue? There is a distinct resemblance in the aroma of this cushion to the aroma that pervaded those, those vestments your mother has taken upstairs. Oh, nonsense, Dad. Dean, smelling cushion. Yes, distinct. I have a very keen sense of smell, Edward, as you know. And this evening, when your mother and I were searching for a possible name on the night, the, the raiment in question, I noticed this peculiarly delicious, I mean pungent, odor. Now look here, Dad, why not let the matter drop? Drop? With a clue like this? Rises, down left a step. No, sir. It shall never be said I left a stone unturned to clear my son's moral character. Going towards door with cushion. I shall take this and compare it with... Over right, he stops suddenly. Edward? Dad. You have perverted the truth. You do know who left those things here. She's living in this hotel. My dear old dad, what? 
Dean, tragically smelling cushion. It's not the hair wash. It's that American girl. I noticed it on my hand after shaking hands with her. Billy, coming down right of Dean. Still, you know, sir, you're not absolutely certain. Certain? Billy retires up to window seat in great confusion. I am perfectly certain. To Edward. And you can't deny it. I do deny it. You prevaricate, sir. My nose tells me you prevaricate. I deny that, Miss Anning. Dash it all, Governor. Suppose she does use the same scent. What of it? I shall reserve my judgment, Edward. I may be wrong. My nose may have misled me. I trust it has. If I have wronged you and this young woman, I am deeply grieved. If you have compromised anyone, I trust you will act as my son, as a gentleman would act. Exit Dean Wright with cushion. Edward strolls over to left corner. Billy to Edward. Well, old man, what's the next move? Edward looking at him. Hanged if I know. I say, Teddy, was he right? No. Edward sees parcel and note on chair left corner. By Jove, what's this? What's what? A note from the mater. He opens it, coming left center. My dear boy, you'd better return these things. You might have trusted me. You've known me long enough. Your loving mother. What a splendid mother. Goes over to Edward. Why don't you own up, Teddy? I've known you long enough. You wouldn't believe me if I did. My dear old chap, I'd believe anything you told me. We've always been such old pals. I know at Cambridge you were a fearful old anchorite and all that sort of thing, but hang it all, what earthly harm is there owning up to a few high-class wild oats? Edward turning fiercely on Billy. Damn it, they weren't wild oats. Does she look like wild oats? Billy, alarmed, backs away to center. You don't mean it's little Miss... what's her name? Yes. Great Scott, what luck! What the devil do you mean by luck? Nothing, old chap, nothing. Of course, she couldn't... I mean... Why did she leave him here? I didn't. Well, hang it all. Last night, somehow or other, it came out I'd got engaged to Evangeline over the phone. Well, she lectured me and wormed out the fact that I didn't love Evangeline. Said it was impossible. Billy, sitting on arm of chair center during preceding speech. Well? Well, she ended by swearing she'd stop it. Of course, I thought it was all chaff. But you see, well... She wanted to choke Evangeline off me. Billy, after slight pause. Well, she's done that all right, old chap. She'll make a wife in ten thousand. You don't imagine I'm going to. I don't know how you can help it. Any common or garden knight would do as much for his lady fair. Don't be absurd. I hardly know the girl. It's absurd. Edward, some of the biggest acts of genius have been performed in the space of a single instant. I've told her I never want to see her again. Good lord, what did you do an asinine thing like that for? I insulted her and made a perfect fool of myself. She'll never forgive me. Look here, old man, this room's too small for you. You'd better come out for a stroll. Up to Edward. Edward looking at the window. No, no, I... Come on out and have a drink. You'll only get the blues if you stop him. Edward turning his head and looking at Billy. The blues? Struck by the word. Yes, the blues. Edward to Billy. 
Yes, she said I should get the blues. Well, she was right. Come along out, and we'll fix things up in the morning. Crosses to door right. Edward with another look at window. Room stuffy. I'll just open the window. Goes up to window, opens it, and looks out. Billy by the door. No, she won't, Teddy. Not again tonight. Yes, I think I could do with a drink. Enter Mrs. Hargraves right. Hello, Billy. Hello, Mrs. Hargraves. Well, Edward, did you get my note? Yes, Mater. Are you going out? Yes, ten minutes drink, er, er, stroll, just round the corner. Excellent, Edward and Billy write. Mrs. Hargraves goes up to shut window. Anne appears at window. Mrs. Hargraves, genuinely surprised but relieved. Miss Anning, good heavens! Enter Anne through window. Good evening, Mrs. Hargraves. Smiling whimsically. Dear me, what a fright you gave me. I thought you were a burglar. I'm so awfully sorry. How on earth did you... I just came along the fire escape. There, I told Edward they were dangerous. Anne, smiling. I wonder if they are. But what on earth made you... She stops as a sudden idea strikes her. It's really easier from the next flat. Is it? Mrs. Hargraves, it's not the first time I've braved the danger of that fire escape. Oh? I came in last night. Last night? After you'd gone to bed. What in the world did Edward say? He was a little surprised, I think. A little? My poor dear son must have been paralyzed. Sit center. I rather expected he would be. Why? I'd read his book. Oh, of course. I wonder why he didn't consult you. Kneels at chair right of Mrs. Hargraves. How do you know he didn't? He couldn't have possibly made such mistakes. He's very, very young. I think he's just the youngest thing I've ever met. My dear, he's been a very grave anxiety. He must have been. You see, as a parson's wife, I was so handicapped. Exactly. And now, through this absurd episode, I can't even get him safely married. Of course, one feels sorry for poor Miss Lipscomb, but— Sorry? I'm not at all sorry for her. Why should she jump to conclusions? A girl brought up in a cathedral town, too. That must be the limit. Of course, as Edward's mother, I was convulsed with the joke. You do think it was quite harmless? Yes, of course. It wasn't exactly on the level. I wouldn't have missed it for worlds, and I'm not at all sure I shall mind if Evangeline never recovers from the shock. Why? Because I feel sure I could never let him marry a woman so utterly lacking in humor. Anne embracing her suddenly. Oh, I'm so glad. Anne begins to cry softly. Mrs. Hargraves bends over her. My dear, what on earth's the matter? You're the matter. You're just the loveliest thing I've ever met. I wonder why you married a parson. Every woman has her responsibilities. He is my most adorable responsibility, after my boy. Anne, nervously, rising and going down right a little. Mrs. Hargraves, I've got to tell you something. Those, those... Pointing to her belongings. Those things are mine. Mrs. Hargraves, after a slight pause and with quiet good humor i know you know yes i've known all the time but how mrs hargraves smiling the favorite scent 
and smiling i'd wondered if i put enough 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 to sink a nation you wanted me to know rises and goes to her why of course oh wasn't it a perfectly lovely idea rather unusually daring but why did you do it i did so i wanted to get edward out of the awful engagement but how could you last night i got it all out of him and when i heard she'd accepted him over the phone that just finished me i'm afraid i agree with you i told him a girl who'd miss such a lovely moment over an old phone would rather make his life a well you know what <laughs> yes i know what i quite understand but why are you so interested in my boy sits on chesterfield and kneels left of mrs hargraves i wanted to know if your son was as white as the soul of his own book and you found i found what was better a child's soul with a human understanding a child's soul in a man's body that's why i love your son mrs hargraves i fell in love with the writer of the story then i discovered he lived here and i fell in love with the real man by the way dear how did you get to know him and with a little burst of laughter i had to fall out of a punt to introduce myself i wonder if he'll ever love you don't wonder he does i wonder if he knows not yet enter dean wright he carries the cushion with both hands and is looking extremely worried he starts as he sees anne good evening mr dean rises crosses to dean mrs hargraves rises my dear samuel what on earth are you doing with that cushion i have ignoring anne discovered a clue mrs hargraves seeing what has happened takes things off chair you've not said good evening to miss anning much as i regret it i do not see fit to address miss anning why why my dear he pauses no to anne i will say good evening anne with a beaming smile shakes cushion good evening mr dean i've just been telling mrs hargraves how wonderfully clever i think your son is you're very good but what i was about to say he's just the nicest boy i've ever met for years hm yes no doubt but my dear samuel i do wish you'd put that cushion down anne goes up stage a little but my dear i have come here expressly to speak about this cushion mrs hargraves rising my dear samuel i have something to tell you of the greatest importance but this is important you can talk to me later about the cushion anne coming down suddenly oh give her that cushion takes cushion and gives it to mrs hargraves mrs hargraves i'd better be going quite so quite so no my dear please don't go wait for edward and when you've seen him i want you to bring him up to see us kissing her my dear i don't think you quite appreciate who it is you are embracing come samuel crosses to write mrs hargraves i think i'd like to have just a little talk with mr hargraves alone alone certainly not mrs hargraves going to door a most excellent idea to anne you'll bring edward upstairs when you've very well my dear i will talk to this young person alone oh my gracious 
don't you dare to call me a young person to mrs hargraves that is just one expression i won't stand to dean no sir not even from you mrs hargraves smiling don't let her keep you too long samson er samuel certainly not certainly not what i have to say i shall put briefly ah uh, you don't know her you don't know her exit mrs hargraves laughing a pause the dean draws himself up stiffly now miss anning don't you understand it was i who asked you for an interview good gracious oh you are such a perfectly adorable old darling do you know when i first saw you i just loved you right away hand on his arm dean taking hand off now it must be distinctly understood that i cannot permit myself to be wheedled what a pity a pity anne putting her arm through his i'm just too cute for anything at wheedling dean removing her arm again you you mustn't do it do sit down drags him to chair center and pushes him into it this is not the way i had intended to conduct this interview rises do sit down and look cozy sits him down again but i don't feel cozy rises i'll soon fix that sits him down again and places cushion at his back dean sitting well perhaps for a few brief moments now listen hand on his shoulder my dear miss miss taking hand off thank you have you ever thought how twould be to have a very affectionate little daughter hand on his shoulder dean removing her hand again i've already told you i cannot permit it oh i forgot you never had a little daughter of your own i feel so sorry for you yes yes if we had been blessed but shall i show you how it is like to have a little daughter yes yes uh, i mean certainly not anne at back of his chair arms round his neck how twould be to be bullied and loved by me in just the most lovely way this is not fair play yes it is kisses him no she's kissed me of course and she's going to do it again and again until a nasty frumpy wicked dear dearer dearest sweet old darling dean smiles just evermore you know this is not the way deans are treated yes it is now smile i shall not smile dean catches anne's eye and smiles looks stern immediately then smiles a second time anne as dean smiles the second time oh you wicked old story you are smiling well for a few brief moments perhaps i was thinking of a funny little story i read in the athenaeum now laugh i shall certainly not laugh <laughs> anne runs up to dean takes him by both hands pulls him up and round to left center both laughing heartily the laugh is worked up the dean quite suddenly stops short and pulls himself together when he stops anne stops at the same time Rumph. and i actually took you for one of the foolish virgins my gracious me you never mean to say you thought that and you've turned out a positive delilah well maybe 
This was a most unseemly proceeding. Was it? Most. You know, that kiss. If my dear wife... Tell me, have you ever studied my sex? Not often. Uh, uh, I mean only once. My dear wife... Anne shaking her head. You tried, but all the time she has just been studying you. That's what always happens with a really beautiful character, like Mrs. Hargraves. Um, yes, perhaps you're right. Don't you think she knows best what you want? Both her hands on his shoulders. Yes, yes, we will consult her together. Anne puts her arm through his and they walk over right center. Anne, as they cross... I would, right now. Worn lights. But, but you know, you wheedled me. Anne, smiling. Yes, I wheedled you. You deliberately made love to me. Yes, to me. Ah, nobody can make love. Love just makes itself. I wonder. You ask Mrs. Hargraves. She knows just everything. Yes, I will consult my dear wife. Goes to door right. And I'll just stay here and consult your dear boy. Dean returns to right center, holds out both hands. Anne returns and takes them. And do you really love him? Anne bows her head. Bless you, my dear. Dean kisses her head. Then he notices the perfume. Delicious. Delicious. Exit Dean right. After Dean's exit, Anne kisses her hand towards door right, then gives a well-contented sigh and goes over to chair left. She picks up the nightdress. Telephone bell rings and continues ringing until she takes receiver off. Anne going up to telephone. All right, all right, I'm coming. She takes up receiver. Yes. Who? Miss Lipscomb. Evangeline. American Anne. You are no coward. Into phone. Yes, send her right up in the elevator. Puts receiver down, begins to take her hair down. May as well give her a good shock while I'm about it. She takes her hair down and ties it up with ribbon, crosses to door, turns out light and opens door a little way, then curls up on Chesterfield. Papa, potatoes, poultry, prunes, and prisms! Repeats in a half-whisper. Papa, potatoes, poultry, prunes, and prisms! Enter Evangeline Wright. She comes in, quickly closing the door behind her. She looks round, surprised at the darkness, and then comes to center. Mrs. Hargraves? Anne, putting her head up suddenly. Hello. Oh. Good evening, Miss Lipscomb. Oh. Evangeline turns to leave the room, but Anne gets to the door first. Anne at door and switching on light. Coward. Oh, you horrid woman. And I thought I looked perfectly fascinating. What are you doing here? And with your hair down? What are you doing here? And with your hair up? Alone. Unchaperoned. I see. It was you, then, who left those things here. I did it to see if I could shock you. I succeeded. Then you are a... a... one of those awful... No, I'm not. But I'd rather be as human as one of those awful than you, see? <gasps> it's the second time today, Miss Lipscomb. You arrived at the wrong conclusion. But... Anne going up to her. There are no buts. You are a horrid little prude. A narrow-minded, nasty-minded little prude. Up to Evangeline. How dare you say that? 
you oh i beg your pardon it's very likely not your own fault but you needn't have a nasty imagination about the dear baby you got engaged to over the phone he told you that he couldn't help himself even in your prim little hands he simply couldn't help himself you're a horrid little cat meow cats is wise so you find it so difficult to marry you've come round to steal the dear babe again pray how long have you known him ever since yesterday long enough to prevent him ruining his life how on earth can two people fall in love in a day yes you're just the sort of girl who'd take love out of eternity and tie it up in a parcel can't you see you're impossible impossible except as a curate's wife i hate and detest i mean i have a natural antipathy to curates is that so comes down left half to herself seems i'll have to give you some chance after all give me what do you mean if i don't you'll never get a look in up to her indeed see here you don't love him and he doesn't love you but he loves a mighty big proposition full of magic and even you might sprout in sandy soil sprout i suppose i'll have to risk it listen sit down sits her in chair don't touch me please anne sitting on right arm of chesterfield facing evangeline listen edward hargraves has a power of loving he's just been sitting on he's not frittered it away like lots of men when the lid's off there's going to be trouble or bliss for the girl who removes that lid i was going to do it to-night but i'll give you the first chance i i don't understand yes you do because you're showing the first primitive selfish symptom of love jealousy i'm not jealous yes you are but only because you don't know what love really means if you don't take this chance you'll never get another how do you know because tonight edward hargraves is going to find the key to his own particular personality and one of us is going to hand him that key when the lid's off rising and going down left i really fail to follow you see here i'll help you all i can gets nighty from chair left put on this advancing to evangeline put on rising and retreating over to right dress the part my way never how dare you suggest oh how were you brought up brought up what do you mean afraid of wearing a nighty of her party gown it's not that it's the idea it's just too funny for words especially when the party gown isn't half proper enough for a moral little model like yourself how dare you say that it's a very smart gown oh it's smart it's too smart you'd have twice the chance if you wore something quite proper like never very well then remember you're taking big risks nice nighty but why use such an indelicate method Today you let him see you were scared at a nighty. Show him tonight that you are really shocked. Make fun of it. Let him see that you've got a sense of humor. Maybe you'll have a chance. What am I to do? <laughs> let your hair down. Makes a grab at Evangeline's hair and lets it down. But let my hair down? No. Leave my hair alone, Miss Anning. How can you? Be quick. Why, you've got lovely hair. Now put on this. Evangeline hesitates if you don't i will oh slips it on why you look perfectly sweet yes i dare say but i don't like it miss anning i don't like it at all 
supposing somebody should come anne as soon as nightdress is on now come along over here anne seizes evangeline by both hands and drags her across to chesterfield and her on to it now put your feet up curl up there evangeline does so under protest anne rushes across to door right i'll just listen listens at door i think there's somebody coming during the following lines evangeline is getting more and more nervous and hysterical oh no 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 i don't want anybody to come don't let anyone come probably edward oh no not edward don't say it's edward why don't you love him no yes i do no i don't well perhaps i do a little no i don't and i won't gets off sofa and tears off nightdress which she leaves on stage down left take this disgusting garment away take it away i say indignantly crosses to right centre and begins twisting up her hair in a little knot on top of her head how could i do such a thing how could you ever have persuaded me to do anything so awful do you realize that even my very own father has never seen me in such a costume what would people say what would the congregation say you abominable girl snatches rap from anne and goes off right exit evangeline right there is a pause after evangeline's exit well i guess generosity does pay off after all my poor nighty picks up nightdress and kisses it then begins to put it on nighty's all right guess it depends who's inside it laughing gee she did look a sight she puts on nightdress standing on chesterfield to see herself in mirror then walks across to right admiring her train picks up book from table and seats herself center hannah's honeymoon his book kisses book then reads hannah understood then what she'd never realized before that the delicate illusion of a successful engagement are the delicate illusions of a successful marriage kisses the page gee he does understand some things bell anne runs to door and switches off light then goes to chesterfield pulls it round obliquely by fire and lies down edward is heard speaking to billy anne jumps up billy anne you're no coward runs to back of stage picks up drapery goes back to sofa puts drapery over her feet then falls back on cushions and pretends to be asleep enter billy followed by edward wright edward thoughtfully crosses to sofa billy turns up stage to window billy looking out of window think that joy might have come through this window edward sees anne is struck motionless then he suddenly runs up stage silently to billy and drags him down to center seeing anne on chesterfield great scott edward creeps on tiptoe to above settee billy follows on tiptoe to foot of settee she's sound asleep that maternal aunt what a study what on earth how the well of all the lucky beggars i think you're the luckiest don't be an ass what am i how on earth billy still looking at anne isn't she a perfect darling billy for heaven's sake what am i to do edward i shall get riled with you in a minute i wish the mater would come in dear old mater you make me sick you can't deny it's awkward awkward what's awkward why will she do such outrageous things 
Oh, my good man, were all your ancestors Puritans? Can't you suggest something? I think you're the most ungrateful devil I ever met. He was a perfectly gorgeous gift from heavens fall through the window from America and- Confound it all. I know all that. But I'm not even engaged to her. Yet. Billy, near door right. Do you want me to hold your hand? I say I wish you'd get out. Huh. That's better. That's much better. Exit Billy Wright, laughing. Edward switches up light and crosses to back of Chesterfield, looks down at Anne. Edward, after pause, sternly. You know you're not asleep. Well, you know best. Opening her eyes to speak, then closing them again. I suppose you grasped what Billy was thinking. Anne, she starts getting up. Oh, oh! Don't you move, don't you dare to move. Comes round to right end of Chesterfield. Why? Sitting back in great alarm. Why? You know perfectly well you've behaved outrageously. Coming here at this time in... Like that. In that. Anne, sitting up and facing him, hands folded. Please, I thought... Look here, I'm going out to post the letter. If you're not gone when I come back, I shall. He pauses, inspiration failing him. I shall. Well, what will you do? Don't you know that you're adorable? Anne, with a fascinating smile. No, am I? That hair is... Is it? Well, it's making me lose my head. That's not all you're losing. Look here, you know, this is beyond a joke. Beyond a joke. Anne, getting up suddenly. No, it isn't. She takes off nightdress to his blank amazement, and wriggling out of it, lets it fall to her feet. It's just the joke with no beyond. Crosses to right center cheekily. Edward, with set teeth, coming close to her center. Yes, you're right. It is the joke with no beyond. Please understand you've made a fool of me for the last time. Music played through dialogue till curtain. Oh, oh, very well, I'll go. Anne goes up to window, turns, comes down to Edward and holds out her hand. Goodbye, Mr. Englishman. Edward stands with back to her, and takes no notice. Anne goes up to window, looks round at Edward, then comes right down again center. Oh, you don't know what a brute you are! She turns up to window again. Stop! He goes up to her, takes her by both hands, and brings her down center. Don't go! I can't let you go. I... I... Well? I'm awake. I'm alive. I'm in love. Maybe... Edward, taking her in his arms, sent her. Anne. Anne. Embrace. Music swells. Curtain. End of Act 3. End of Anne by Lechmere Worrell.